today, I'm calling all of us to discover the power of a forgotten Christian value. One of the things we talk about in Modern Homemakers is that we are countercultural beings. Colossians 3.12 says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with kindness. Do you hear the emphasis there, kindness? That's the forgotten Christian value, kindness, kindness. Jesus uses his Father. The items below are some things I want to talk to you about and the revolutionary power in kindness. It is an uncommon countercultural activity. So I found myself several years ago, and you all know that I take a word or a phrase or a passage or something to be the guiding light for my year. And this year, I had decided I was going to be a miracle to someone every day. And I had these grand ideas about a miracle. You know, think of the miracles, the withered hand, the lame man. I don't think I was thinking that gargantuan, but I did have this idea that somehow or another I would be a miracle to someone. And I noticed that the simplest acts of kindness became the miracle. The lady standing behind me who had two items while I had a cart full. And I would say, come and get in front. And they would fall all over you, like, like fall all over you. And I've been thinking a lot about that. I think it's become kindness is uncommon. Mm -hmm. And if it was a few years ago that I practiced this, today I think it's even more essential. Kindness has become uncommon. My husband is a kind man. He is a very content man. Um, he, he looks at things in small and ordinary ways. And he is a great man. I believe he is a great man, not just because he's my husband, but because many people affirm the fact that he is a great man. When a friend says to you, thank you for your kindness, what does that make you feel like? Were you intentionally kind? Was it just a part of something you were planning to do? Did it happen naturally? Or do you find yourself, first phrase is pushy, tough, disappointed. <clears throat> I was recently um, at an appointment. And when I got to the appointment, the woman was just coming in the door. She was hustled and heralded and bustling and noisy and and uh, she said, oh, I'm not quite ready for you. And my appointment was at 2 o'clock, and it was about 7 minutes till 2. And I said, well, I'll just sit here. But she bustled around and then finally came in and said, I, I was doing work someplace else, as if she had to justify why she was not sitting quietly and waiting for me. And I said, oh, no problem, whatever. And I sensed myself having a kind attitude. It was from inside. 
what I really first thought was, oh, back the truck up. I mean, I'm just here for an appointment we planned on. But within minutes, uh, seconds maybe, I just had this kindness and I thought, okay, let's just see how this goes. I was quiet and calm with her and in the end, everything went well. Kindness is needed in all areas of our life. Think what kindness might look like if we were seeing it on the political trail today, January 2023. Men and women who call themselves Christian often take combative tactics, shouting, insulting, defaming, and using strong, powerful types of arguments. That is not the way of Christ. Fear does dreadful things to us, and we find ourselves not trusting God for his plan and taking over in the worst ways possible. Defensive action about the truths we hold dear can often look harsh or antagonistic. I was so certain I needed to stand strong or appear to be weak in my faith that oftentimes I looked hard and harsh. I can still remember developing this habit about gossiping because I, I had this horrible experience with gossip and I was never going to do gossip. I was not going to engage in gossip. And sometimes I'd be with a young woman and she'd start in this story and I would sense we were headed for gossip. And I'd put up my hand like a stop sign. Now you know what that does to anybody, you put your hand up like a stop sign. Well, the women who I engaged with regularly understood the minute I put my hand up that <clears throat> I was sensing we were headed to gossip, whether they were or not, and they quickly retrieved where they were going. So I think Psalm 141.5 strikes me as an important passage. Let a righteous man strike me, that is kindness. Let him rebuke me, that is oil on my head. <clears throat> kindness needs to be rediscovered. We want to fight, use our power, and instead of using the power of kindness. Dr. Corey, who is a, a writer, he wrote the book, I think it's called Discovering the Power of Kindness, encouraged me to rediscover the power of kindness. Pressure, anxiety, hurry, these are the signs of performance, not kindness. Being kind does not mean you are not courageous. Often it takes courage to stand up and show our kindness in, in a difficult circumstance. Kindness is fierce. Don't make a mistake and think that it's the word niceness. Kindness is very different than niceness. Niceness often stands up and says, I'm afraid I don't know what else to do. Or people pleasing, and I'll say yes even though I don't agree. You'll not find the word nice in the Bible anywhere. Mm -hmm. Kindness is not milk toast or weak. It is fierce and passionate. I want to read from Micah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. Does anybody remember where Micah really is? I always get back to the back of the Bible and I go, I know they're all here lumped together. Look at that. First try, that's a good thing. What does God require? Micah 6. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with a calf a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, when ten thousands of river of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. He has told you, O oh, mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. What does he require of you? Justice. 
and kindness and walking humbly. Micah asks, with what shall I come before the Lord? And these three things are what he comes before the Lord with. We are to love kindness. Start loving kindness and call one another to love kindness. Love justice. That takes a big heart to love justice, especially when you feel that what's going on in front of you is not just. Lastly, I think kindness is contagious. I think it's contagious. Slowly through life, you're replying in kindness to someone who is mean-spirited. And certainly, we have a mean-spirited culture. We have a culture of fear. We have a culture that's divided. And I don't, not getting into what our culture looks like today, except that I believe that offering to you kindness uh, would be a way to modify our culture over time. Nice turns from one direction to another and can often be a way of avoiding conflict. It's also the absence of convictions. Kindness can be cosmetic. It can get you out of a situation. There's a difference between kindness and niceness. A friend of mine says, okay, can we make nicey-nicey now? And I think, oh my gosh, that is such a get me out of this situation because I don't know what to do next kind of phrase. Peter, now moving to the other end of the Bible in the New Testament, he tells us exactly what we can do as believers. First Peter, chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Rustling of my pages here. <clears throat> Who are being protected by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time? In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you've had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, through, though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed various trials, the genuineness of your faith. I don't think you can be a kind individual without the genuineness of your faith. Many years ago, many years ago, I was at a conference, a women's conference, and the woman who was giving the lesson said, do you have big feet and a small heart, or do you have a big heart and small feet? And I thought, what the heck does that matter? What does that even mean? But later, I listened to the idea of it, and I thought, I want to have a big heart and big feet. Most of us, depending on our personality style, fall one way or another. Big feet, get up, take action, let's move on. Little heart, I don't have much to pour into this big feet, or vice versa. Big heart, and I don't get anything done. Big heart, here's the motion for getting involved in something, and she says, yes, sign me up, I'll be there but then her feet are too small to get her there. Kindness is a fruit of the spirit of life. It's not a duty. You can't get to kindness because you choose kindness. The power of kindness, however, can change us, and we can choose to live a different life. Romans 2.4 says, Or do you despise the richness of his kindness, forbearance, and patience? Do you not realize that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Kindness is a reconciler. Kindness keeps us together, not apart. Kindness is parenting, not worry or fear. 
Kindness in marriage and friendships keeps us talking and learning from one another. A kind person can be trusted and can build communication even in difficult times. Now, I belong to a number of groups my age in life, living in Phoenix for over 45 years now. And not long ago, one of these groups, which is a very, oh, I think there are 25 people in this group, they meet together once a month, uh, became very directly, loudly, on two different camps. You could just imagine what the subject might have been. And there's so many you could pluck from the sky, the kinds of subject. And all of a sudden, there were people putting their hands up, saying, like, stop talking to me. There were people talking over. There was, and I remember looking at that thinking, how did we get from coffee and what is going on in our lives in faith to this? And I, I think it was more than the absence of kindness. I think we get so fixated on what we believe to be accurate. Now, I want to tell you, this is a, a little uh, old woman advice. Whatever you're hearing on the television, on a podcast, on the radio, all of it is not true. Like, none of these things can be absolutely full truth. And that's why God gives us discernment. We are able to discern what to believe and what not to. Kindness is really an act of authenticity. As we allow others to see who we really are. I feel vulnerable today. That's who I really am in this moment. Say that. I feel confident today. I'm ready to take this on and ready to go forward. Kindness is really an act of authenticity. Kindness is also often the way of self-effacement. I don't like that when someone is self-effacing if it's fraudulent. You can just spot that in a minute. They feel the way here is to sort of pander to the audience and self-efface themselves. Now, I also don't like when someone takes themselves too seriously. So there's a balance in there of knowing who you are and what God has called you to do. Pride shields us and we hide behind it. Meekness and kindness exposes us. So are you willing to do that? Too often our roles of wife, mother, homemakers, woman, we're called by a name, my mom or my wife. And the woman who's in charge of this very act can be a kind person. It's not that we aren't kind, it just tends to get buried in all the stuff we do. Pressure to produce good kids, pressures to have a great marriage, Pressures to do it the right way. I, I can still remember the times that I walk into a young woman's house and, and she said, now don't open any drawers. Now, who would open drawers if you went into someone's house for the first time? But the reality is that the kindness is something that allows us to encourage people and not critique them. The way of kindness, especially when we disagree, is listening. There are a number of podcasts that we've done over the last few years on the subject of listening. Listening with kindness and compassion and not to be ready to pounce when it's your turn to talk. Letting the person finish. Listening to the person till they are finished, not developing your answer and reply. I think there's a free resource on the, po on the uh, website that's called Sacred Listening. And there are 10 steps there that I can't encourage you enough. 
I can't encourage you enough to read them. Uh, mothers and daughters disagreeing with um, the fact that the daughter is living with a guy, even though she's going to marry him, they're still living together. The train was leaving, and the mom wanted to get on it, and she couldn't. The nephew who came to me, now to my husband and me, um, a long time ago, 35 years ago, and said, I prefer men, but I don't want my grandparents to know that. These are not things that you respond to naturally unless we are trained to be kind and make people feel safe. Jesus' way of confidence, kindness, causes us to be confident with our faith. While you may be a biblically conservative follower of Christ, that's not the same as a close-minded follower of Christ. We must always be open-minded to the people, and that is a gift of kindness. Everyone who comes into your circle is prepared to meet you, wants to know you, wants to be accepted, wants to feel kindness. Don't be afraid of someone who's very different than you coming into your circle. Listen, listen with kindness. Jesus models again and again on how we should eat together or work together and live together in community. God's kindness goes way beyond tolerance or niceness because it leads to his holiness and purity. Barry Corey, in his book again on kindness, refers to kindness as the soft edges, not the hard edges. When biblical convictions are the firm center, biblical convictions come from thinking biblically. Thinking is very different than combining our thoughts and our spirit. Kindness is a gift that we give to others. Kindness can take time. It's not instant gratification. We can be God and kind and still feel left out, treated unkindly. Kindness is not the way to get to someone to talk to you. It's not a tool to manip manipulate people. Kindness is not a bully. We may need to give up our quick edge to judge. Matthew, love those who persecute you or disagree with you. Love those and pray for those who despitefully use and persecute you, Matthew says. Do you pray for people who are not like you or have an edge, or do you walk away from them? Do you give up on people? You know we've been talking about this staying, staying in a leaving culture, this sticking with people. And um, in the summer or fall of this year, we're going to do um, a six-week conference on those subjects. Why do we stay? What does staying look like? Well, if we are quick to judge and quick to walk out of the room, no matter how unkind that person has been or how unpleasant that person has been or how ungodly that person has been, it is not our place to make the judgment. This is for God to do. You're going to meet a couple who I think are, for me, uh, heroes in all of life. And they have chosen each other and chosen Christ. And the issues of their difficulties have been resolved <clears throat> because they have found kindness and a willingness to obey what God has called them to do. So there are a lot of views that we don't agree on these days. I, I, was, I made a short list and thought, that was just the tip of the iceberg. Like, 
the Ukraine and Putin and German tanks going into Ukraine. Sexuality, idols, finances, politics, Israel-Palestinian conflict. How long has that been going on and we still can't come to any agreement? Poverty, environment, animal rights. And certainly the church is in a deep, difficult place with divorce and forgiveness. Deep, difficult place. We want to be the church that welcomes everyone, but then there's this soft edge to why did we get a divorce? Why didn't we get a divorce? Why aren't we staying together making a vow that we fulfilling the vow that we made to live together till death do us part. Romans 15, 7 says, Welcome, welcome, accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you or welcomed you in order to bring praise to God. Kindness is the power of presence. Weep with those who weep and laugh with those who laugh. If kindness is presence, then we need to be available to do that. Are you present with your children? Are they a priority? Not by degrees, not by advancements, not by money, not by summer homes, not by toes and nails and clothes and many other things that we can give our children that are kind. But are they a priority to you? The relationship with God matters. Now, I'm a doer. I, I, I like to be doing, and if I'm sitting, even watching television, I'm knitting, and I've had to learn, especially in the last 12 or 15 years, and part of it had to do with the first shiva, which is a Jewish tradition when someone dies, that you go and sit shiva. What does that really mean? Well, what that really means is you go and sit. You don't do anything. You don't talk. Well, maybe you do. You might read something aloud to someone. But that can go on for hours just sitting. And I think the concept that kindness, the power of your presence, is perhaps the kindest thing you can do. For years I have said to the young women in my world, there are two things you should miss, weddings and funerals. They only happen once. Now I know you're going to chuckle because weddings happen more than once. But the reality is, if weddings are the covenant that God has called us, they happen once. And you die certainly only once. Those are times to be there. I can still, this very second, feel a rush over me of a funeral I didn't go to. I didn't go to it because I was speaking somewhere and I should have gone to it. I should have said, I can be there at this time, but not this time. Changed it because it was, it's been one of those things in my life. To this day, I don't remember where I was speaking, who it was, why I did it, but I do remember that I wasn't at that funeral. So I uh, want to encourage you to be kindness and kind and weeping with those who weep and laughing with those who laugh. Go to the funerals, the weddings. Consider who you're showing up for. You are the presence of the incarnational Christ. His work, your kids, you don't know who you're going to run to, into. In our city, in town, a year ago, last December, uh, a young man, 21 years old, a police officer, just graduated from the academy, uh, went on a call and uh, never left the site 
went straight from the site to the hospital after having been shot eight times by a life criminal. I never will forget all of the things that surround that day. But I lead a group that his mother is in, and she called me about 6.30 in the morning, and I called those women and I said, I'm going to the hospital, anybody want to come? And we were at the hospital by 10 after 7, and that mom came in broken. The doctors were regularly saying every 25 minutes another doctor came in to pat her and her husband and the young wife. He, he can't possibly make it for 72 hours. Don't put your hopes in it. I, don't, I know you're praying family, but I wouldn't, etc., etc., etc. One year, one month, and seven days later, he is still alive and well and doing well. Is he back to his present, his former condition? No, he's not. No, he's not. And he may never be. But that day and those days in the hospital, we all went to the hospital every day. Their large family would come. They, they brought food and we sat in a circle and people would come by and want to know what we were doing. And every hour on the hour and every half hour on the half hour, we lifted our hands up and prayed. 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 I, I look back on that time and it was really life-changing for me. It wasn't that we were praying for something that we weren't sure God would do. We were praying for the family. We were there because we loved that mother and father and his siblings and their spouses and those children. And we were there because we loved them. The presence of being somewhere when you are going through a difficult time is an act of kindness. Well, the love chapter, which you know very well um, in... 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I should say, gives a long list about what love is all about. But kindness shows up on that list as a form of love. Kindness can be spoiled by hypocrisy. And I think that's a small point, but an important point. Are you being kind because you know it's the right thing to do? Or are you being kind because out of the goodness of God, processing through you, you are able to set into a group, into a situation where you may feel totally different about it, but you've come to bring kindness. Zephaniah, I know where that is. That's again at the back, at the back of the Old Testament. And I had my pen in there and now I've moved it out. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. Zephaniah chapter 3 can you hear me ruffling my page? Zephaniah, where are you, Zephaniah? Micah, Neha, can't find it. Here it is. Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 17. It's on page 1351 in my Bible. Will that help you? <laughs> Here's the verse The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior, warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing as on a day of a festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I think another part of this is the mentoring part. I think when we are 
acting out gracious acts of kindness that are real, that are part of God's working through us. It's a mentoring process. I don't care how old you are. Uh, if your children are 15 and 14 and 17 and 12, or you're 25 and the woman you're with is 55, I think it's a mentoring process when you accomplish gracious acts of kindness, gracious encouragement done in kindness. This is a very physically sick culture. I know we stopped wearing masks and we started hugging again, but there's as much sickness in this country we're living in right now than I've ever seen ever in my lifetime. And you all know how old I am. There's strep and lung difficulties, pneumonias and flus and runny noses. And we're all trying to wash our hands. But this is a very ill country. Gracious acts of kindness are protecting people from you. Do you stay home when you really want to go to that event? Instead, you stay home because you know that you are not feeling very well. The Hebrew word for loving kindness is hesed, H-E-S-E-D. And I'm particularly concentrating on that word. When we're together next time, I want to talk to you about attachment to God. I want to talk to you about his loving kindness and what that looks like. But it captures God's loving kindness to us. It's out of the box. It's relentless. It's unconditional. It's self-effacing. It's gushing generosity. It's graced. It's exalting of God. The spirit of God's love is in the spirit of kindness. It's in the spirit of kindness. Kindness can be rejected. It's easy to love those who are like you. It's not so easy to love those who are different. I said this earlier, pray for those who persecute you and despitefully use you. Um, that is a way of showing people that kindness lives in you through the Spirit of God, not because you just decided to be a kind person. Kindness is a lifestyle. Have you heard someone say, I'm done, I'm through, I'm done with you. Those are rejecting words. I'm not going through this ever again, we're done. Well, kindness doesn't talk like that. Kindness looks to staying and figuring out what needs to be done next. Kindness throws a banquet. Kindness throws a banquet. What does that really mean? Not just feeding you, not just giving you a place to sleep. Think about David and Saul and Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. I always say that just perfectly because I practiced long ago trying to say that multisyllabic difficult word. But he was a disabled boy, lame in both feet. And he was invited to the king's table, always made a place for him. He was the regular um, <clears throat> guest. And that was the kindness that throws a banquet, not just in food, but he always had a place. He was not rejected, even though his father had done difficult things and even though he was disabled. The last two things I want to say about kindness is kindness can be awkward. Hold on to that thought just for a second. Kindness can be awkward. 
oh, nobody else has done this. Nobody is doing that in this room. Am I the only one? Shall I do it? Shall I not do it? But I think it's always right. My daughter and her husband celebrated their 19th year of marriage. And I honestly remember the day that I thought, this will never work. My son-in-law is a tall, lean guy. He has a pair of khaki trousers on. My daughter is a wild driver. She's driving a little Jetta at the time. She's driving her car. He's sitting in the front seat. I'm in the back seat. And all of a sudden, she, we've come out of REI, and all of a sudden, we're getting back in the car. And she turns off the engine, and she jumps out of the car, and she goes over to there's a woman who's sitting in a wheelchair. And we're just watching, we, we, you know, she's a presence bigger than life. And she says to the woman, you were here when we came in. Are you going somewhere? Do you need a ride? Is someone coming to pick you up? And literally like that, in seconds, her kindness was, we should take this person to wherever that person needs to be taken. Did you hear my car? A Jetta. Did you hear the car she's driving? Did you hear me say my son-in-law to be? And I thought, this is the day. He picks up the wheelchair, his khaki pants had grease and rubber lines all over it. He put it in the back of the car, barely, we all got back in the car. Jason and I in the back seat, the lady in the front seat, and off we went, lickety-split. I think I'll never forget that, because it was spontaneous. I think I might have been, at her age, in that same situation. Well, I don't want to scare this guy off. I might, you know, he might not like this sort of spontaneous kindness. J.D. Salinger, who was a notable, um, he was the Secretary of State. He said, the mark of the immature man is that he wants to die nobly for a cause, while the mark of a mature man is that he wants to live humbly for one. I think kindness can be awkward, but it's always right. It's always right. Light the light, don't curse the darkness. Be more involved with what God loves than what the world loves. Look for goodness and beauty and lead with humility. We are Modern Homemakers and I am Donna Otto and it's been my delight to be with you. As you notice, the show was longer than usual during this course of the new year, 2023. Uh, we're going to do a few or less shows and make them longer. I hope you concur. If you don't, send us an email and let us know what you're thinking. Modern Homemakers website, still singing and dancing. Go to it and look for whatever you'd like. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. And go out and make it a very uncommon day of genuine kindness. <laughs>